So one of the things that we did even before, you know, we got started here is we were praying for one another. I encouraged Debbie to come over. And <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> we won't go there. And said, hey, let, let's just, let's absolutely just pray and uh, invite God here. We've been praying through this week, um, the last couple of weeks, and certainly with the church, we've been inviting Jesus to come uh, with more demonstrated power and healing in our midst, uh, more of his creative miracles. Yeah. Uh, we have folks in our midst who really absolutely need a touch from absolutely, Jesus right now. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Lots going on. There's lots going on. But, you know, today we're going to talk about the presence of God and, in, in, in part, trusting in the presence of God. We've, we've, we're going to share some testimonies at the end. We have no idea where it's going to land. <laughs> we've kind of left it really loose. And we're, yeah, that's been part of our prayer, like God just come and inspire us. Um, maybe there'll be things there that you guys want to share as we go on. Bonnie, <laughs> Courtney, it's good to see you. You guys say hi to everybody on, while, you're getting, while you're lining up online. And uh, yeah, let's, um, I don't know, let's, let's, why don't we start this off kind of goofy? Why don't we uh, pray? Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. there's a concept. <laughs> pray with us. Yeah, so God, we, we thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness. And we thank you that you are always with us and we just thank yeah. you for this time that we get to share and learning to appreciate covid a little not covid definitely not <laughs> but well okay maybe <laughs> but zoom yeah. or whatever this is yeah and yeah just be with us as we share and, and i just pray you be with the people that are interacting online too so bless you guys bless this time and we just say god this is your time we just want to be vessels Absolutely, absolutely. So today is a special day in the in like in the church calendar. What what day is it today? Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, not not these kinds of palms, but, but actually, it'd be kind of cool if you were amid some palms out there, blowing around. Yeah, I wouldn't mind being in some palms because that would like mean warmer weather. I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so today marks like Palm Sunday in the Christian tradition. It, it marks that, that first day of the holy work that commemorates Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Uh, today we're, we're presenting our sixth, get that, our sixth and our and fi final. And final. Yeah, we called it the finale, the <laughs> final session for our Lenten series. Uh, and Lent for us, for the church. Uh, and as we're choosing to exercise that through this time, marks the sort of 40 days that we've been taking, a time of self-examination and reflection in preparation for the upcoming weekend in this holy week, actually, that's in front of us, when Christians around the world remember Jesus' death on the cross. What day do we do that? Friday. Yeah, and we call it good. Good Friday. People go, why do we call that good? Well, that is the day when, uh, when all of our sins were laid bare there on the cross. And, and even from the cross, Jesus pronounced and interceded to the Father on our behalf to forgive us for our sin. It's a powerful, powerful message. And then, of course, there's Jesus' resurrection from the grave that we celebrate on Easter Sunday. So some things are going to change up Sunday next week. Uh, for, for those of you that are here, you and I are we're sort of tinkering with the idea that we might come on and do something, a, a small something small on something Good, Friday. Good Friday to have some connection with all of you online and with the church. Um, but next Sunday, uh, we're not going to be meeting online. We're not going to be doing anything live. In fact, 
if this weather doesn't change, we're going to be blowing around in the wind in the hills of Nutsford. We're going to be inviting this fellowship to meet in Nutsford here for a Road to Emmaus Easter celebration. We've never done this. No. So this is like new to the vineyard, new to us. Um, uh, so if you're intent on joining us, we've been inviting you to email us here at admin at kamloopsvineyard.com and let us know how many members from your household are planning to join yeah, you. And we, and do need, we do need you to sign up. Yeah, we do need to sign up. We're going to be sending out some communications, just some expectations that we have to exercise in terms of coming together. But today we're going to conclude our Lenten exploration, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're going to look at Jesus' mission from John 10. His reason for coming was to bring salvation to anyone who follows after him. That, that's good news. That's real good news. Sort of sounds like the decision is up to us, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and listen, it's a salvation that assures us of eternal life in the hereafter, but it also holds the promise of God's abiding grace and power uh, to come and rest on us so that we can live a rich and a and a satisfying life in the here and the now. And, and I, I, you know, I kind of like what I said a couple of sessions ago, not only live it in the here and now, but, but in the opposition of trials and tribulation, God still wants us to, to, to be filled with his life. Um, uh, Jesus faced some opposition. Yeah, a few times. Yeah, but he lived life to the full. He lived his life in, in an intimate relationship with his Father in heaven, and he shared that love with, with his disciples, with whoever came after him and, and whoever he encountered along the road. Jesus, I want to say to you guys, he is our greatest advocate. Like, he is unswerving in terms of his love and his commitment to us, his devotion to yeah. us. Um, and he's always at work to bring about a restoration of our whole person. Well, it's, it's nice when we get like a slam dunk, everything done in, in one exchange. <laughs> but it seems like God's always at work in our life, isn't he? Yeah, he's taking us deeper. He's taking us deeper. And, and he's, he's always at work renewing this world that we live in. And he, he, he works in people around us. He works through us to bring about that restoration. And ultimately, he's going to return one day. And one day to bring together, to create a new heaven and a new earth, I have no idea what that looks like. I don't have a clue either. But, I, but you know, when you think of the world in its, it's most you know, beautiful setting, um, and just, just imagine that without, without grief and without pain and without oh, tears. You mean where there might be some palms? Weather might be some warmer weather. <laughs> I, I don't know. But until he comes again, Jesus invites us to celebrate life. And he, ce- he invites us also to celebrate this gift of his incarnate body that is laid out for our healing and his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And throughout this series, Debbie, we've been, um, we've been celebrating Jesus with the new Passover meal that Jesus instituted himself, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a meal that Jesus, where Jesus reframed for his disciple. He reframed it as a sacrament to celebrate the activity of God who has come to save us, who's come to save us, and, and who is continually, and I'm, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but he is continually ushering in new life, healing, and forgiveness. And 
Um, you know, maybe we touch on that in some way here today. God is, as we have said, relationally committed to you and I. And Christ's shed blood marks the seal of his covenant with us. It's a pretty important time. So, you know, I've done a bun- bunch of talking. <laughs> I like when you talk. <laughs> <laughs> Barb. You do a good job. Uh, how come we don't have some palms, Barb says. Well, that's, that's a good question. I was just telling people the other day, you can grow banana pants in Comox Valley. And you can Google it. <laughs> you can Google it. Uh, Daryl and Karen Ann's happy Easter. Is that what they've got going on up there? They're already getting, they're already, they're already getting excited and wound up. Yeah. But anyways, this is in your good and capable hands, sweetie. Okay, so let's grab our communion elements. Sure. The, oh, what are we going to start with? What did you say? We're going to start with the body of our Christ. Of uh, our Christ. Sure, that works. <laughs> body of Christ. Hey, he is our Christ. He's our Savior. Yeah. So the yeah. So if you have got your elements, pull them together, and Deb, you're going to lead us here. So go for it. Not being quiet. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'd like to see that one. <laughs> I'd like to see that. That's good. <laughs> okay, so as people who have grown dependent in you to sustain us, we surrender our failures, our disappointments, we throw away and utterly reject our destructive thinking and behaviors, and we turn our affections to you, Lord Jesus. As the people of your presence, we turn to you, Jesus, for our renewal. And we turn to you for life that is real and eternal. Matthew 26, 17, 18 says, Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He says, Go into the city to a certain Man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep, <clears throat> excuse me, the Passover at your house with my disciples. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. So that's your cue. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole loaf this time. Yeah, well, there you go, breaking the bread. So the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given to for you, preserve your body and soul unto everlasting life. Did I read your part? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me continue then. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. You might as well keep going. (laughs) (laughs) The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve your body and soul unto everlasting life. He restores my soul. So for our final season, our final session here in this Lenten series, we're we're turning again to John's gospel. And we're reading from the the 10th chapter of of John. 
Um, as I said, we've, just, we've been showing snapshots, right? Yeah. Out of Jesus' life and ministry. And we've been, you know, leaning, you know, our focus has been leaning into the restorative work that, that Christ is doing in our life, that he has done and that he is doing. Uh, John's message here, of course, points to the cross. Yeah. You know, it points to the, the work of the great shepherd, the, the revelation <laughs> as God is king as well as, as the good shepherd. And so I would encourage you to, to read what we've got there, since you've been doing such a great job. <laughs> Okay. Reading, and then I'll and then I'll get chatty. We'll see. Uh, we're going to start John ten verses one through six, and then we're just going to skip along into yep. number, verse eighteen. And I'll read it from here because it's a little easier. Okay, go for it. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him, and the shepherd recognizes his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He leads them, and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter. I, I am the gate for the sheep. All those others are up to no good. Sheep stealers, every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than ever they've ever dreamed of. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and my own sheep know me. In the same way, the Father knows me and I know the Father. I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. This is why the Father loves me, because I freely lay down my life, and I am free to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own free will. I have the right to lay it down. I also have the right to take it up again. I received this authority personally from the Father. Hmm. From, good word. Yeah. Yeah, good word. So, yeah, did that read a little differently, maybe than your verses, your versions do? Yeah, it's that's out of the Message Bible. Eugene Peterson yeah. wrote that. Um, you know, and and just some history when Eugene Peterson, who has gone to be with the Lord, wrote that particular the Message series. Uh, he wrote it as a pastor, and he wrote it as uh, to a church that had been used to hearing the word of God in a particular way all the time in, in the sort of set language. And he, he, didn't, he didn't change the intention of, of, of God's word, but he, he changed it and he put it in, a, in, in maybe a, a, a little more culturally relevant uh, way of communication. And his hope and his desire was that the people, when they heard the word, that they would hear it in a new way, in a, in a fresh way, and that it would invigorate them. And... You know, that's the way that we're approaching um, the scriptures when we bring it all the time, is that we want God to invigorate our, our understanding for us and sort of wake us up. Like, there is something, uh, you know, you, you laughed over this when I shared this, but there is something fortuitous about landing here on, on John chapter 10 for me. Uh, I, I thought about this. I didn't think about this till, till actually as, as I began to sort of just uh, prepare 
a message of sorts out of this. But this chapter actually represents the first time I was welcomed by our Reverend John Wood. And you remember, we, for those of you who don't know, I mean, Debbie and I, we took uh, premarital counseling sessions, and it was during those sessions that we had a, on a fantastic encounter with the Holy Spirit, mostly. Well, yeah. Let's just say, you know, we were doing premarital, yeah. and we were asked if we'd like to give our hearts over to Jesus. And Dave said yes. I said yes, because Dave said yes. And then um, <laughs> as we held hands and asked Jesus into our hearts, John Wood, Pastor Reverend John Wood, said, wow, did you kids feel that? And Dave goes, yeah, I did. And I fibbed a little, and I said, yeah, I did. I felt nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew if that's where Dave was going, I was going to go with him. And, yeah, God caught up with me, and yeah, so it was good. What did John and I experience? We experienced this, it was like a, a thick, warm, glowing, sort of fuzzy sense of, of just well-being, of of being surrounded like it was it was fantastic and i hadn't experienced anything like that before it was like um <laughs> you didn't want to be left behind so you, you you stepped up but you know god catches up to us and he speaks to us in different ways in a myriad of different ways well when i think about john chapter 10 and our, and our reverend john wood um this chapter represents the first time that John had invited me to stand up before our congregation and to preach. He didn't give me this particular scripture verse. He just said, David, I would like you to, to bring the word one particular Sunday. And man, I mean, that's almost 35 years ago. I, we, weren't even the age, we weren't even 30 years of age. And I was standing up there in front of his people. And I remember this... You know, this, this burning in my heart. The sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Wow. You know, I, I remember sharing this with such conviction at the time. Like, you know, I was just excited. And I, and I thought everybody should be excited with me. God is inviting us into a deeper and more intimate walk with him. Um, looking back, I... I remember this idea feeling so revolutionary for me at the time. Like it was, it was like so fresh. It was leaping off the pages and I, I heard and I saw the promises. And I was imagining ourselves as God's people move, moving past simply going through the motions, but to becoming a people who were genuinely led by Jesus himself. Like it just felt so real to me. And I thought it was just like one of the most fantastic messages I ever brought. <laughs> it was I, the only one that I ever brought at that time. And I thought, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I was pretty much a legend in my own mind. But, you know, who knows? And you know what? I'd, as Dave shares this, I go, ah, I don't remember him doing that. But I might have been in kids' church, maybe. Yeah, I was John. And Reverend John would just, you know, I remember, I remember her good friend Norm, who was our elder at the time now, just our good friend now. Norm just loved Reverend John when he said, you know, John was so good. He just took so many chances with us, right? He just wasn't yeah, afraid yeah. to, you know, hand the baton over. And, you know, there were those in the congregation, you know, so it was guys like myself and Norm himself and, and a few others, and then, I, and, I, and then I think of, you know, certainly of Barry and Nancy, 
Barry and Nancy, of course, who've been pastoring the Cam yeah. Campbell River Vineyard for over 20 years now, like a long yeah, time. Yeah, a long time. Long time. And um, all of us just, yeah, you know, wet behind the ears, but just full of love and zeal for God. And he just gave us opportunities. So this, this, this particular scripture verse really rings true for me. I, I, I loved it. The gist of today's story lands uh, on Sabbath, on their Sabbath. This is, this is what John is writing from. Jesus' disciples are pointing on a man who they'd, who they'd happen upon along the street. And they'd question whose sin had caused this man to be born blind. Kind of a presumptive ask, right? And Jesus replied that it wasn't because of the sin that, uh, it wasn't because of sin that he was this way, neither his or his parents, but it was so that God's work could be seen in him. And some versions would say that so that God's glory could be revealed. But, but uh, you know, I, I love that, uh, I love, you know, what the message says to it. It is just simply the work of God. When the work of God is being revealed, it is glorious. And Jesus recognizes that this is, there's an appointed time. Now, many of us would be familiar with this story because it, it's that restorative miracle you find in chapter 9, verse 6. And Jesus, uh, coming upon the man, he spits into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> See, look at that face. You're like, oh, man, Jesus, really? He spits into the ground, and, and he, you know, he makes some mud with his spittle and then and then he he packs all that mud up it must have been a bit of spit i would think so and and then he comes and he spreads the mud the mud out over the man's eyes <laughs> that does not seem logical and with that he sent him off to wash off the mud and when he returned he could see now by the time he returned jesus wasn't there anymore but all the neighbors and everybody else were around uh but see, Jesus' healing of the man born blind from birth created quite the sensation in his neighborhood. They'd, they'd known him as being blind from birth. Yeah. And then again, they hauled him in and they presented him to the religious leaders, to the Pharisees. And early in Jesus' ministry, the Pharisees had been uh, caught up. They'd been intrigued by Jesus in his teaching and in the work from this man of Nazareth. You know, Jesus had created quite a stir in the, in the area. He had created quite a stir in Judea. And some thought him to be a prophet. I mean, they were speculating, who is this guy? And some even speculated that he might be Israel's promised Messiah. Like, there were, there were many things. But he, he didn't come like the shepherd leader in the savior king that they wanted. Or expected. Or, or expected, yeah, of course, of yeah. course. And by this, this point in John's gospel, the Pharisees uh, had been challenged a number of times by Jesus. And, and before, uh, Jesus had, had healed on the Sabbath. And they had utterly rejected that notion that you would do any kind of work on the Sabbath, even healing. Even healing, I think yeah. that's funny. <laughs> well, well, Jesus, not on the yeah, Sabbath. And, you know, and Jesus' reply to that was, listen, I'm just doing what the Father's showing me that he's already doing. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to incriminate anybody, you're basically incriminating God. Which was him. Which was him. So. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> we go there. Um, but by that time, they had utterly rejected this notion. And they referred to Jesus as a sinner in the text. Hmm. Um, 
They'd utterly rejected the claims of Jesus as Daniel's prophesied son of man who would come to deliver God's people. And when the man born blind from birth, when he gave his testimony <laughs> that Jesus had healed him, he goes on to, he goes on to actually to do an apologetic for Jesus to the religious Pharisees. <laughs> and he says, only someone sent by God could do the things that he did. Now, that, that is an absolutely ironic thing to say. Because if we look earlier on in, in John's gospel, Nicodemus steals away in the night to be, you know, to spend time with Jesus. And, and he knows that Jesus is special. And, and it was out of Nicodemus' own mouth confessing what the Pharisees were already saying is that, no one could do the things that he was doing unless he was sent by God. They knew that. Hmm. But as, as, as Jesus really revealed who he was and who the Father was, uh, they, were, they were utterly rejecting it. And not only did they, you know, reject Jesus, but, <laughs> but they rejected the man who had been born blind who could now see, and they, and they, threw, them, they, they threw him out from their midst. <laughs> they called him a sinner, like the sinner he was following, basically. And who are you to teach us? <laughs> who are you to stand there and, and be evidence of God's goodness? And they threw him out from the, his midst. Now, I love this. Afterwards, Jesus had, uh, John says that Jesus had learned that the man had been thrown out. And he went personally out to find the man so he could present himself to him. I love that. And speaking to the man born blind, Jesus revealed himself as the son of man. Now that's a title. That's a, that's a direct reference of the one. He was the one. He was the son of man that he and Israel were looking for to come. And with that, the man born blind, who could now plainly see his healer in front of him, bowed to kiss the ground and worshiped him. Now, I know the text doesn't say that in our version, but the, the Greek of that, that whole inference of worship is, is, is it, it looks like that. It looks like that. With this, with this whole body, he bowed to worship him. See, the story of, of the good shepherd from the 10th chapter of John's gospel uh, is essentially revealing something important to us because it demonstrates that uh, not only Jesus' role as the too quickly overlooked simple herdsman of a few sheep. It's more than that. But he's looked at as the very one that reveals the nature of God who comes to be present with us. God is in, he, he's not, there's no mistaken notion about who he is and how he chooses to reveal himself. He's going to be true to himself. This is his nature. He's the one who comes to save and to rule over our lives, and he's the one that draws all of us to himself. Can you, can you think of, can you think of, you, we talked a bit about our, that, that day that we committed our lives to Jesus, yeah. our, that pre-marriage session. Um, Jesus had been tugging on your heart for a long time in your life. Like you were, you know, you'd, you had people. I had grandparents praying for me. Yeah, uh, that, you, that you never knew really I beyond the age of um, nine. I had, you know, my grandparents when I was when they were when we were around them take me to church. Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember the cute little white gloves up to here and the white purse and the pretty <laughs> little dress. Yeah, no, you'd like the dress in that part. <laughs> but yeah, I think I mean, I mean from 
before birth. You know, yeah. we're, we're created we, yeah. in our parents, our mom's womb. Like we were wanted from inception. We're planned by yeah. him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then he does tugging all along. And then as you, yeah, you go deeper or maybe if, if you didn't want to go deep with Christ, he goes deeper with you and <laughs> works on your stuff. Yeah, he'll take us even if we're a little desperate, huh? <laughs> he just loves us a whole bunch. He loves us a whole bunch. And then maybe it is until we're desperate for help that he's the one that actually answers our pleas, right? Yeah. Jesus comes in fulfillment, though, of Ezekiel's prophecy out of the Old Testament. Uh, and in Ezekiel chapter 34, and you guys can write that out. I, I purposely sat myself down early this morning, just gleaning over and reading again Ezekiel chapter 34. Um, but see, he comes to reveal himself out of Ezekiel. Uh, Jesus comes to reveal himself as a shepherd who has come to find his sheep and to rescue us from all the places that we have been scattered. I'm quoting kind of loosely, but specifically here out of Ezekiel. Mm. You know, not only does the good shepherd and the sovereign Lord of Ezekiel's prophecy promise to search out for the lost and to lead us home, but he promises to mend us, to tenderly heal us as you know, I, I think the way that you want to work with that, he promises to bandage us and to bandage those who have been broken. And he comes to strengthen those who are weak. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's not like when I was a kid and they were choosing the, you know, they used to, remember when they'd line everybody up against the walls and they would choose their little teams? And, yeah, usually was the last pick. But... Yeah, me too, honey. <laughs> There you go. We share that. <laughs> it was the runt of the litter. And grow till later on. Yeah, he just, yeah, you know, but he chooses. That's who he's looking for. He's looking for the lost. He's looking for the broken. He's looking for the weak. <laughs> and to this day in the Middle East, there's some things that, there's some neat pictures here. A, a herdsman or a, sh or a shepherd will go into a crowded sheepfold and he can literally call out his sheep by name from the fold. Hmm. He can call them out one by one. He names them. This is how intimate he is with his sheep. The sheep will recognize his voice and they will come to him. This is why I was kind of asking you, what, about, what happens to us? What, what is the sense of being called? It, how do you explain that except that there's something inside you that just knows? The sheep will recognize his voice and they'll come to him. And just like the middle East herdsman, Jesus calls us out by name. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the fact that you're listening here today or that, or that you'll, you'll even stand to hear the name Jesus being mentioned means that there is something going on in you that is recognizing that. Just like the herdsman, Jesus knows everything about us. You know, and it's funny when we try to hide things. You know, I'm going to keep this in secret. Well, <laughs> you're not really... You might be from your physical friends or spouse, but not, <sighs> not from God. Not from God. Impossible. Uh, he knows everything about us, and he still loves us. <laughs> right? 
He knows everything. The shepherd knows a sheep. He knows their individual characters. He knows their markings. He knows what they like, what they don't like. Uh, what's more, on the flip of that, as we've said, the sheep know his voice. Yeah. You know, and they're discerning and they're listening for the voice that they trust. This is what they learn as they grow up under the shepherd's care. And, and we learn, and we must learn if we're going to, if we're going to do well, if our souls are going to soar in this world, if we're going to flourish, we must do really well at listening to his voice and to mm -hmm. trusting in him in that. Um, this isn't a shepherd who uses a dog to keep us in order. Because, yeah, you know, we think dogs are kind of cute and you can use them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're good at that, too. Oh, sure, they're good at it. I mean, and dogs, you know, are bred to keep with the sheep, to protect yep. the sheep. In fact, they're, you know, they're bred white and they kind of hide in amongst the flock. And if a wolf comes along... <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Um, but listen, in, in this picture, th this isn't a shepherd who uses a dog to keep us in order, to chase us around, right? This isn't a shepherd who, who walks behind us, like he's not disassociated with his sheep. Jesus isn't driving us. I know that we've said that before, but listen, he's not. He's not driving us, but he is walking ahead of us. He's, he's putting himself between us in our future, right? Yep. We're not going it alone, but he's walking ahead of us no matter what we're facing. He puts himself between us and our future and, and even us and our reality. He's leading the way and he calls us to follow him. Mm -hmm. This is what Jesus was doing. Remember he said, I only do what I see the Father, see the Father doing. Yep. Yeah. The, he's following what the Father's doing. It's, see, that's the nature of the Father to lead. He's at work, bringing restoration, bringing healing. The question that dominates this story in those two chapters, because really chapter 9 and chapter 10, we know that John's gospel wasn't written with chapters, but it's one yeah. story from that, from that Sabbath day. It's the question that's dominating that story on that Sabbath day, is Jesus from God or not? Well, we know that the Pharisees made a determination, right? Mm -hmm. Is he a prophet? Is he the Messiah? The son of man who God would send to judge the world? Well, the answer to that is, is found here in his actions. It's, but it's also found in Ezekiel's prophecy about how God chooses to reveal himself. God chooses to, to reveal himself. The sovereign Lord comes to save, to heal, and to restore our entire person. That is how he chooses to reveal himself to him. So as we're, as we're receiving healing in our lives, we're actually, we're actually coming into a revelation of God in our life, right? Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. Like all the time, the goodness of God, when we, when we reach out our hands and when we pray for another, or when we just comfort another, isn't it amazing how the Spirit of God comes alongside of us? And I, and I say to so many people in... You know, because we're all called to, called to minister, but as, as we do this, there are things about the nature of God that we experience. We actually experience God's love for people as we stretch out our hand for them. Yep. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. But this is how he chooses to come. Jesus comes to reveal the true nature and the true love and power of God. And 
You know, the, the Bible reveals him as a shepherd with his sheep. If you want to imagine what he looks like, he is like a shepherd with his sheep. He's not a shepherd on his standing along on his own, but he is, he is among his sheep. That's how he chooses to reveal himself. Now, who are the false ones? <laughs> who climb into the sheep's pen uh, through another way. Because he, he makes a point about this, doesn't he? Yeah. This. And, I, you know, we've, we've kind of pared down what we've read to people today. That was a, it was a lot of reading. You can read it on your own. You can read that whole thing. But see, these are the ones, these are the thieves and the strangers that come calling and driving God's people out. It's, you know, the thief often will come along, and, and he, he can come along into our life too. And uh, one of the telltale signs of the thief driving us is anxiety, hmm. yeah. is fear. You know, when we're, when we're being driven by anxiety and fear, it's time to stop. Yeah. Put on the brakes. Because that's not the father. Yeah. 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 It's not the father. Um, but these people in Jesus' day, they were, they were revolutionary warlords, literally. Um, they, were, they were trying to drive Israel into an armed confrontation with the imperial powers and governments of the day. It's a good thing we don't have anybody trying to do that in our day, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'll leave that there. <laughs> that would be something I'll just stay away from. But yeah, drive them into confrontation. Uh, others, other, other people from Herod's house, uh, they were in a political league all of their own, and they were in collusion with the, the Roman Empire itself. These, these modern converts to Judaism had, had colluded, as I said, with the powers, with Rome. And as long as it meant that that kept themselves fat with power and fat with wealth, they were fine. And in comparison, Jesus comes to selflessly lay down his life for his own. Hmm. Not to demand. No, never. Anything, right? But he comes to selflessly lay his life down for his own. It's God's choice for a king. Jesus comes in an opposite spirit to all of this, doesn't he? Yep. He comes in opposition, in fact, to all of this that was driving his people. You know, when Jesus looked out over the crowds in Matthew, I think it talks about Jesus looking out of the crowds and, and you could feel the compassion was, was welling up in him because he could see that they were people without a shepherd. And what he was saying is, is that they were, with, they were without the shepherd leader in their life, with leaders who were selflessly laying down their lives for the people yeah. who saw their need. Well, you'd just have a heart. It's just like a shepherd has a heart for yeah. his sheep. You know, and but you know, Jesus has a heart for each one of us, and when He sees us stepping sideways or not, are not there, um, yeah, His heart grieves. His heart grieves. Jesus comes in a very different spirit. Part of the historical role, and and I had alluded this to the introduction when I was trying to lure people to come in and watch us. <laughs> But part of the historical role of a shepherd in, in eastern sheepfolds necessitated that the herdsmen would lie down in the gateway of the sheep's enclosure through the night. He would put himself 
put them in the enclosure, and the enclosure could be made of twigs, it could be made of stone, like a literal stone wall. But he would lie across the entrance of that thing, and his aim was to keep the sheep from wandering out, right? And to stop the predators from getting in. He put himself between the predators and his sheep. Um, maybe there's some of you out right now who, who, who need to capture that image of the Lord is your shepherd who, who puts himself between you and your adversary, between you and your anxieties, you and, and any who would seek to, you know, to harm you, between you and the problems that besiege your health. Right? Jesus lays himself down. This, this psalm... Palm Sunday, we, we celebrate Jesus who comes into Jerusalem, right? And we're not, we're not going to go after that story. But when he comes into Jerusalem, what's he doing? He's riding on a donkey. Yeah, he rides on a donkey. Again, it was a fulfillment of some scripture. But, but that also was a picture of a king who would come in peace. Yeah. Jesus chooses to reveal himself as a humble king of peace. John 10 verse 9 reads, I'm the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for. They will freely go in and out and they will find pasture. And, and this is a picture of, of life. You know, we're not caged animals. Um, maybe there's sometimes we feel penned in. Sometimes we're feeling penned in by God. Maybe there's a reason why that. Maybe God is, you know, protecting us in, in a particular season. But his, his intention is always to lead us out. And the, and the picture of pasture, uh, if you look at it in, in Ezekiel, or you look at it elsewhere through Scripture, it's both a place of, of finding food and water, um, you know, there's, but it's also a place of rest. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. this ability to lie down in freedom. This is where he wants to lead us. The true king comes into us as a meek and a true shepherd of his people. As our true shepherd, Jesus is fixated on us. And I think we've already sort of said this, you know. Uh, he wants to see us flourishing in this life and in the life to come. Jesus willingly lays his life down to save us. And in and it's, 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 it's figurative, figurative in the here and now in terms of what he does and, and watching over us. His Holy Spirit, our rear guard, you know. Um, Jesus going before us. It, it's figurative of these things. But it's also literal. Jesus willingly lays down his life to save us too, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. And in, yeah, and this is why I put this particular scripture, this story in here before uh, Good Friday, you know. Here in our text, he is, of course, prophetically speaking about the cross that he is about to face, right? Where he's going to do the heavy lifting and bring, and bring salvation and forgiveness for our lives. Uh, he does this to save, to turn us from our sinful behaviors and in their attitudes that draw him, draw us away from him. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when we see the cross, 
We see it empty now. But when we looked upon the cross, we saw the Savior. You know, that, that's a redemption. That's, the, that's, a, that's an act of redemption when you consider the cruelest thing that we could do to anyone, never mind that he's the, the Jesus, king. God. But he, he puts himself between us and the cross. You notice that? Yeah. 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 Um, in fact, he lays himself down on the cross and the cross is then lifted up for all of us to see so that he can draw everyone to himself. Jesus is calling us to reject the lies that lead us astray, right? Take your temperature. Ask others around you, what do you see going on in my life? And he calls us to follow him in the way that leads to an overflowing and everlasting life and power that has come, uh, that has overcome all the adversaries of this world and even death itself. Hmm. He's defeated. So, you know, how are you experiencing Jesus in your life today? You know, there's a, there's a question that's always good to ask ourselves. How are, how are we experiencing him today? Can you imagine Jesus looking at you right now? Which he is. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. How do you think Jesus sees you? And what, what do you hear him saying? What do you imagine his voice is sounding like? You know, I get in trouble for this once in a while, right? Because I can ask questions, but they sometimes can sound demanding. Uh, not <laughs> sometimes, very often. Sometimes, you know. <coughs> so that there's a way a question comes at you, and how do you, how do you, how do you hear that voice sounding as, as, as Jesus confronts you? Right. And if you have it coming at you, which doesn't leave a positive impact, then it's not the Father speaking. Even if, um, even if we're walking in a way that isn't make that isn't good, Christ loves us through it and will draw us back into Him. But with but positively not cutting us down or calling us doubt or mm-hmm. so test test what you're hearing and if it's it's and it's, how you're hearing it yeah right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um what's bonnie saying there it's he's she's certainly jumping into the conversation She says, it's such a paradox that Jesus was so like us and so other all at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) And she says, I think that's maybe why Jesus' closest friends thought they knew him, but entirely misunderstood him all the time. Sobering, really. Yeah, it is sobering, but it's encouraging. He doesn't give up on his disciples. (laughs) No. He, he comes back. You know, that's the beautiful thing about the whole narrative story and, and the road to a to Emmaus story that we're going to celebrate on Easter Sunday is that he comes for his disciples. Yeah. You know, he, he, he goes to them. He searches them out. He's still the shepherd. Yeah. It just, you know, we see, you know, when he, when he when he goes out and he looks for the blind man, 
He's restoring, he's done a great work, but he actually wants to reveal something even deeper to him. Hmm. Now you can see, I want you to really see. I want you to see the Son of Man as he truly is. You're looking at him. Hmm. It's like I've, I've given you eyes to see. I, I want you to take a look at this. And he opens his eyes to say, and the, his response is perfect. I believe. And then he fell down to worship him. You know, I, I think so much of our worship, of authentic and real worship, comes out of, of, out of a place of gratitude, out of a place of revelation about who God is and who mm-hmm. he truly is. And in so many, uh, so many stories that we read out of the New Testament, this was the given response for people that were healed by Jesus. You know, you know, nine out of, at least one out of ten anyways. That's the story of the ten lepers and only one of them came back to worship Jesus and thank him for healing of their leprosy and turns out he was a Samaritan. I love that story. It's awesome. You know, that's the response. This yeah. is the response. Jesus you know, he wants to open our eyes to really truly see him as he is and, and celebrate with us, you know? It's a whole new life in living from that place of revelation of Jesus from day to day to day through trial after trial, through celebrations, through joy, through yeah. weeping, through all of it. God is always revealing himself and he's always calling us deeper. It just in all of it, yeah. Jesus says, come and follow me, come and follow me. And I'm thinking of earlier you asked, you know, what testimony do we have and okay. of healing and, and, and I've had healing and we've shared lots of stories, but a memory that came up was Andrew when okay. he was, he was like five, if that. He, he remembers seven. it pretty clearly though, doesn't he? So I talked to him because I wanted to get my side of the story straight because <laughs> I don't remember. I remember the basics of it, but I what? asked him about it this morning and he remembered the details. So... You know, little little Andrew, his yeah. feet had planter warts. Like he had, oh, I remember that was well over a dozen. He was due the next morning to go in. Yeah, significant. These are significant warts, right? Yeah. Like his, so he, he was on due to go get them burnt off the next morning. And he was not feeling good about it. So we no. prayed about it the night before. And we said, okay, well, let's ask Jesus to take it away. Well, we woke up and... Uh, the they were still there and then we prayed again and we got ready and got in the car and went up to the doctor's office to to get them burned off yeah and as we took the socks off everyone was gone and we all sat there with our mouth open going they were there this morning (laughs) so andrew remembers that i remember that and i i had forgotten about it and then i think god reminded me today going you know, he's just so good. And you think, well, sometimes we see healing. And sometimes yeah. we don't. But sometimes when we don't see healing, but really, maybe we aren't really seeing the fullness of what God is doing in our lives. There is, I believe with all my heart, whether you see healing or not, God is always at work in yeah. each of us. So anyhow, that was just a, a fun remembrance. And here's Andrew 30, and that happened to age five, but as clear as a bell, he remembered what God did for him. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, he was pretty definitive. <laughs> like, you know, he's, he's a man after my heart because he got all the details down exactly right. <laughs> Your stories are always great, but they, they're always, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Always, but he nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. He was insistent about exactly what it. Because the story I would have shared. Yeah. Didn't sound like his, but I know his is. Oh, right. it pretty much sounded like his. But his <laughs> was that was actually quite. You know, there you go. The way talk about the eleventh hour. Yep. Like you'd prayed the night before. You you looked at it again in the morning. They're still there. We're going to the doctor, and by the time you get to the doctor, they're they're gone. Like just. Not even a sign. Not even a sign. Nothing. Just gone. Yeah. So, you know, so much about the healing of God, even when we don't see what we want, when we want to see it, God, as I think you've pointed out, God's at work. And and this is where where we just have to simply follow his voice and trust him. Yeah. You know, it is, we've got to believe in the one that God has sent and to just put our trust in him no matter what we face. Right? Knowing that, you know, that even, even after death, there is a resurrection, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's about that's good. what we wanted to share today. Um, we want to thank you for jumping online with us. And um, yeah, I don't, think it, I don't think we need to go deeper with testimonies or things. There's a good number of people that we're praying for in our midst. And because we're a little more public here, with uh, yeah, with we'll just... YouTube and and with Facebook, it's still a private group. We, we still want to keep some of that under the wraps right now. Um, but uh, we want to thank you for joining us and mm-hmm. joining us online here. And uh, yeah, there's going to be numbers of you that join after the fact. You know, um, maybe your kite's kind of gone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> left. We might have seen one or two sort of jettison over us here in Barnhartville. <laughs> it is crazy out there. But we're going to just, guys, we just want to pray over you and, uh, and bless you. Um, let's do that right yeah. now. Yeah, so Jesus, uh, thank you for your people. We are your sheep. And we are in your care. Uh, you're, you're, a, you're an amazing amazing friend um, and Savior. Uh, You're always revealing the goodness and the kindness of God to us. You you know what we need even before we ask, Lord Jesus. Nevertheless, you call us to come and ask. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Just a prayer, shower down with your goodness on us and... uh, just, yeah, I pray that there would be uh, wonderful, creative miracles in your life uh, through this holy week. Um, I pray that there would be a, that there would be a peace and a knowing in, deep inside of you, a sureness uh, about God's presence. That I pray that he, that he would just awaken in you an awareness of his presence with you. I, I pray that God's word would just leap out to you and and speak deeply and intimately to every place that's in your life and to and for loved ones that you you are interceding for even now. I pray that God would empower your prayers for them. And and may God just bless you. May he bless your your families to flourish and your relationships with your with your sons, your daughters, with your sisters, your brothers, uh, with your parents, with your grandparents. Just like we, we bless your entire lineage. Uh, we invite the joy of God to to really uh, come down, the goodness of God to come down, and we bless you with his peace. Okay? Amen. Amen.
Yeah, listen, this has been good. Daryl and Karen say, our trampoline went for a fly. Mm. We feel with you. We are feeling with you guys. And there is a story. Ours went two weeks ago, but we won't get into that story. Let's just say it was not a happy ending. Yeah, well, it was because nobody was harmed in, in the fly. So, you know, we got lots to be grateful for. We are grateful for that. Um, listen, yeah, just thanks again. It's been awesome spending time with you. Uh, we'll get a word out there. Maybe there's something coming up for Good Friday. Otherwise, if you're planning on joining us Easter Sunday, we need to hear from you guys. Um, email us at admin yep. Phone us. Let us know that you're coming and how many are coming with you. That's it. That's it. Anyways, you guys are awesome. We love you. Have a good week, guys. Have a good week.